We are the Wanderers of Western Sydney. Hello, I'm Tim Gilbert, a Western Suburbs boy from Guildford and a proud fan. Welcome to our podcast. This is the place to come to hear all the stories from our wonderful football club. Players, coaches, managers, fans. Our featured Wanderers will come in all shapes and sizes and diverse backgrounds. We are a strong club that is on the move and our people have rich and gripping stories to tell. Welcome. Great to have you along for the ride. Today's Wanderer is Kristen Hamilton. We are the Wanderers of Western Sydney. That's our podcast and our Wanderer today. It's a real treat to have Kristen Hamilton on the line from the United States of America. How are you, Kristen? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, no, I'm really well. So let, let, let's first off say congratulations on getting the gong, the player of the year. That must have been a really nice thing to to get. I know that you were back in the States by the time you heard about it. Yeah, it was really cool. It's something I wasn't really expecting. So yeah, it, it's always nice to feel appreciated and seen. But yeah, it, it was a really cool phone call to get. How did you find out about it? Tell us. Um, I just got a message from our the media lady at The Wanderers and just asked if I had a chance to hop on a Zoom call and chat with some some people from Fox about the awards. And she told me initially it was just the golden about the Golden Boot um, Award to get a quick interview for it. And then they, as soon as I hopped on the Zoom call, just kind of told me told me about the award and that I had won. The family must have been happy. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were, mad, they were mad at me because they had to find out through the internet and I didn't call them immediately and tell them. <laughs> So they're they're a little oh, upset with me. <laughs> that's always the case. So let's let's go back a bit. We've got a bit of time. Where mm-hmm. did your career start? Where did your love for the the world game start? Um, I actually. So my mom said she was never going to put me in sports, and I I had a next door neighbor who was I was really close to. He was a few years older than me, and I just totally looked up to him. And I one day ended up going to one of his soccer games, and came home and asked my mom if I could play play soccer and she signed me up and I've just never stopped playing. How old were you then? I was five, four or five. Did it really, did it hit you early? Did the love for the game hit you early? Yeah, I remember just being obsessed with it. <laughs> I, I always wanted to play. I made just incredible friends through the sport as well. So it was always a time for me to go and hang out with my friends and play soccer. And I mean, <laughs> I always from a young age, like felt like I was good at it, so I wanted to keep doing it. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I loved it ever since I was young. It was a fortuitous time to get involved as as a female because the growth of women's soccer, particularly in the United States, through the course of, say, the last two decades has been extraordinary. Yeah, absolutely. I think every girl around my age would probably say that the 99ers um, winning winning the World Cup and the Olympics and stuff when we were younger was instrumental in women's soccer and it just kind of our love for the game as well. What about coming to the Western Sydney Wanderers? Uh, it was your first time leaving the USA to play overseas. Tell us about your experience. Yeah, I was really excited. It was something that I had. I had so many friends go over and play and talk about the experience and what a great time they had. And for me in my career, I, I kind of always wanted to go over, but the opportunity never really presented itself. I had a rough few years kind of in my professional career. So again, like the opportunity never came up really. And then I had a good season last year and got the opportunity to come to the Wanderers. And 
it, yeah, it was a great decision. I loved every, every minute of it. I mean, you can't really pass up an opportunity to go live in Australia for five months. So yeah, I'm really glad I got that chance. Will you come back? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be happy to come back. I mean, I think the league here in America, the NWSL, um, kind of how that plays out and the ending time and starting time of that season is, would kind of determine how that would look. But I would be interested in coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the COVID-19 thing is extraordinary, isn't it? And, um, being back in the states now, it's uh, look. It's very, if it's very present here. It's 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 a lot more uh, significant in the U.S. Yeah, it's um kind of flipped. I mean, everybody's world kind of upside down, honestly. But in terms of sports specifically, you know, we've just had to do the NWSL Challenge Cup, which was we are basically in a bubble in Utah, and that was kind of what our season has boiled down to for this year. So. Uh, it's looked very different this year than um, I think anybody expected, but um, we're making it work and we're making do. And I don't know if you guys see or follow, but the CBS um, broadcast numbers were blew records out of the water. So in terms of visibility for the sport on television, it, it's actually been great. Oh, that, yeah. And that, that has been one of the real upsides, hasn't it? Because People haven't had a lot to watch, so when there is a quality sport like this around, and it, and it gives it gets fresh eyeballs in front of the game as well. Mm -hmm. uh, now, now, you mentioned before the tough time in your professional career, and there's a lot of young people listening to this podcast. Give us a little bit of an insight into those tough years and where you're at mentally, and whether you ever sort of were thinking, "Can I continue on?" Oh yeah, absolutely. Um. So I, just a quick background, I guess my I got drafted out of college to play in the NWSL in, in Western New York, but my first preseason game, I ended up tearing my ACL. So that obviously was not an ideal way to start start my career, kind of my first major injury that I've had to deal with. So mentally and physically coming back from that was pretty difficult, but I came back the next year, earned a contract with the same team, the Western New York Flash mm. um, in 2015, which... I was really proud of. And I think that was a big moment for me. And that was kind of a moment where I was like, okay, yeah, I do want to continue to do this. Had a rough 2015 season. Didn't have, not just me personally, but our team just didn't have a great season. We weren't super happy with the coach. It wasn't a really great atmosphere for us. So uh, there was actually quite a few of us who were like, do we, is this really what we want to do? Do I want to continue to do this? I didn't get a lot of playing time. There were some games I wouldn't even travel to. I didn't make the travel squad. So there's part times where I was like, is this like, what am I doing? <laughs> I would go home and I'd see my friends have full-time jobs and making, you know, good money. And I had a great degree that I came out of college with. And I was like, do I, should I be using this? Should I be doing it? But after lots of talks with family and friends and people that matter to me, it was kind of like, might as well continue to try to do this um, for as long as I can. And I knew I had more to give to the game and the team. And so I kind of just had to push through that mentally and almost reinvent the role that I imagined myself having on a team. You know, in your head coming out of college, you, you're starting every game, you're playing every game. And it, it was, I had to shift that mindset. You know, everybody on these teams that were the best on their college teams as well. So it was kind of, we, this is the groups of the best of the best. And how can you stand out again above, above those groups? So for me, I wasn't getting the playing time I wanted, but I knew I could be a great support system from the bench, be the best I can be at training to make our team better, in turn, make the starting 11 better, whatever that kind of role looked like. I kind of just had to embrace that role and play that role to the best of my ability. And I think finally, once I was given my chance, 
I could kind of show what I could do and I was ready for it when it came. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a, life is a, is a many uh, moments of overcoming the odds and, and facing your challenges, isn't it? So when you actually did make that full debut for the USA national team, and it wasn't <laughs> long before you came out here, uh, that must have been a real a real moment for you. Yeah, it was. I still get chills thinking about it. It was just something that, you know, I had a pretty unconventional route to that moment. Now, I think a lot of the girls on that team now never really sat on the bench, never they probably weren't sitting there not making travel rosters. I think everyone kind of started there from the youth levels. They were on youth national teams. And um, here I was, had never been to a youth national team camp. And then, I mean, having a great season. And I'm just, I'm grateful for Jill Ellis at the time, who's the coach, um, giving me a chance and a call up. You know, I thought at that point that my like dreams of that were kind of over. My, my time had passed. I was 27 when I first, when I got my first cap, you know, and that's fairly late for a lot of girls on that team. So for me, it was really cool. It was cool to know that it's not too late um, and it is still something that is within reach. We're talking to Kristen Hamilton, of course, Western Sydney Wanderer player of the season. And uh, let's talk a little bit about your time here in Australia. And what, mm. what did you think of the training facilities at the Wanderers? Oh, they were amazing. <laughs> I One of the things that really sold me coming there in the first place um, was the the little video they had put together of the training facilities and the pitch in the weight room. It, yeah, it was great. It was extremely professional, even like com- completely comparable to a lot of the NWSL sides um, facilities and stuff over here. So the professionalism and how great the facilities were taken care of was one of the big things that got me over there. And there was a there was a few of you here which which probably made it a bit easier, fellow Americans, including Lynn Williams, who for those that don't have an idea of her status in world soccer she's she's like a ronaldo isn't she like if you if you want to liken it to the <laughs> to the men's game it's absolute out and out superstar she is she's uh, i mean she's a freak athlete but she's just worked so hard to improve her game her technical ability is just through the roof now and she's she's thriving she's you know getting her chance with the national team now and it's so past her time it's overdue it's overdue and she is um taking full advantage of that and yeah i I was i've been grateful to have played with her for the past five years but seeing her really flourish has been awesome what was it like to win the sydney derby by a record score at banquet (laughs) it's it was i think a little bit different probably for us who were as our first year there and kind of feeling the rivalry but even after being there one year you could just tell that the rivalry was just ran so deep and so it was, it was really cool. I'm, I'm all about rivalry games and you could see what it meant to everybody on the field that day. It was, it was something special. Thankfully, you were here in Australia prior to COVID-19 hitting. So you had the opportunity to sort mm-hmm. of enjoy a little bit of what Sydney offers. It's an extraordinary city. Did you have a favorite restaurant? Um, <laughs> yeah, I went down to China Doll a lot. Oh, um, how good's that... China Doll? <laughs> yeah, it is one of the best meals I've ever had. I, any chance I got to go down there, we were like, let's go. And, Yes, it was um, probably a little out of budget, but <laughs> it was well worth it. Yeah, that that's probably one of my favorites. And Chat Thai in uh, Circular Key was was great. <laughs> I, I love personally. I'm half Lebanese. I love all the Lebanese restaurants in and around Parramatta as well. There's uh, there's no shortage of great restaurants in Sydney, but China Doll. Oh, you can yeah. eat your body weight in in the Peking Duck. It's very very good. What would you say to the to the young women, young girls that are are playing the game. I've got a daughter who's 
who's 12 and she loves playing soccer. She's, she's a defender. She sort of sees herself as the Great Wall of China. She loves, she <laughs> loves the game. But for young girls that, that aspire to be in the W League, to do bigger and better things in the game. Um, I would just say that don't put a, a limit on what you think you can do and what you think you can achieve. I, I think that if you set your mind to something and you give it your all and work at it, and I, I do think that most things are attainable. And if it's not, I think it's important to be able to readjust your mindset and find the positives in whatever situation you're kind of put in. You know, I think I've seen over time and over my professional career that just the the importance of a good mindset is is crucial to success. And I think that as you're young, you know, to keep pushing for what you want, keep having dreams and shooting to reach higher limits, but also just keep in mind how you present yourself and how you carry yourself. Yeah, and your career is an example of overcoming setbacks. And I think that that is in a lot of industries, isn't it? I, I know when I was making my way in my media career, there's plenty of people that say, oh, you can't do this, you shouldn't do this. But one person's opinion can't be what stops you, can it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if I listen to one of the coaches I had playing growing up, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So definitely think it's important to not just dwell on the maybe one negative comment you get or one put down you get from coaches or whatever it may be. It's somebody is going to see the value in you and you just need to find who they are. What do you think of the World Cup coming to Australia uh, in a few years' time, Australia and New Zealand, of course? Yeah, I think that's amazing. Um, when we heard about that, I mean, all the Americans here were ecstatic. I, I think it's a beautiful place. Both places are beautiful to go play. So, I mean, it's a great opportunity for people to see that that part of the world. But it's, I mean, it's a beautiful country. And obviously, I think it'll be great for the growth of the game over there as well. Yeah, I think right across the board, it's so exciting to have best of the world coming to Australia and New Zealand. Look, it was a record-breaking season for yourself personally and the club. What, what mm -hmm. do you put that down to? I know there's probably a lot of factors. Yeah, um, in terms of the club, I think the culture that Dean and, and all the staff there built was, it was special. It actually reminded me, uh, my team in Western New York in 2016, we were predicted to finish eighth in the table out of nine teams. And we ended up winning the championship that year. And I actually had such a unique feel to it. And that's how I felt in Western New York. It was, or sorry, in Western Sydney is how exactly how I felt in Western New York. It was this underdogs. No one thinks that you guys are going to be in the top. No one thinks that you guys are going to be a team that um, is going to be hard to beat. And then the mentality within the group is we can beat anybody, but we have to outwork anybody. So it was a really cool atmosphere, and I think the culture, like I said, that Dean and staff had built into us as players and the staff was was really special. So I think a lot of the success comes down to that. And then for my success personally, and I think a lot of players would say this, is the confidence that the coaches instilled in their players was one of the biggest things. Um, I think it's really easy for coaches to put you down and yell at you and make you feel stupid for making mistakes or whatever it might be. But the message I felt like we were getting was play to your strengths. That's why you're here is because of what you can do, not because we want to mold you into something else. And I think that's really important to just instill that. Like I said the confidence into each and every one of us saying, hey, you are good enough to be here and just do what you can. And the team kind of just works for each other and works around each other. And yeah, I think a lot of my success came from that. Yeah, that's that's beautifully put. And Dean, he's a, he's a steady hand, isn't he? He's a, he's a calming individual. He is. He is. He's 
by far the nicest coach I've ever played for. Yeah. Like hands down. Which is like, which never, is which is nice. I've never had a coach who just refused to talk bad about anybody, even other teams. Like he was like always gave everybody the respect they deserved. Uh, hands down, the nicest guy. <laughs> now let let we gotta we gotta look at the good and and the bad and those moments that worked and those that yes. didn't. That penalty against Adelaide, um, uh, missing out on winning the Golden Boot on your yeah. own. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the nature of the game. <laughs> you know, it's it is it happens. I can't sit and dwell on that. Yeah, did I? Would I want that back? <laughs> Absolutely. Those little moments are the things that they'll sit and nag at you and and just. They could just weigh on you, though, and I think it's important to realize that those things happen and dwelling on it isn't going to change the result or change what happened. All I can do is go out the next time and make the next one. I mean, yeah, it was it was brutal. We ended up, we could have tied the game, that game. It could have made our playoff race easier. It could have done a lot of things, but I think that to put our season or put my golden boot record um, on display for that one moment, I think is... A stretch. I think I, there's a lot of other moments I could have put other goals away as well. A lot of other chances in other games I missed as well. But like I said, as a forward, that's kind of the nature of the game. And as a team, we probably could have stopped some goals. We could have won more games. So I think it, I don't think you can boil everything down to that one moment. Do I think it was an important moment? Yeah. And did I learn from it? Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and don't worry, we had to scratch around to find something that didn't work for you because it was quite a season. Uh, what, what is the secret to success at North Carolina? Three-time champions, ranked as one of the best female teams in the USA, if not the world. Again, I think it all boils down to we – so our team was actually the same team as the Western New York team. We got – our franchise just got bought and sold down to North Carolina. So we kept the core group of us from – like I mentioned, our days in Western New York in 2015 when we were just not having a good time. It was not a good season for us. And we all kind of were questioning what we were doing. And then we get a new coach in who just kind of reinvents our culture and reinstills confidence in all of us and brings this new game plan to us and says, hey, this like we can do this. We can reach greater heights than what people are predicting for us. And from that moment, we just were underdogs we were blue collar we just put our head down and do the work and even if we weren't the most technical team on the field we were going to outwork anybody and i think that mentality has just carried over but our skill has also increased with it so mm. in terms of that it just it has compounded over time of you know we are still yeah we've won the championship two years in a row we've been in the final the past four years but we you wouldn't know it by the way we train I think that our attitude in training is we can always be better. We can always strive to be better and our performances can always be better. So we're never sitting there being like, oh, we're the best. We're on top. And I think as soon as you say we are the best, we are number one, that's when you fall from that position. So mm. for us, it's been just always having, yeah, everyone always makes fun of us for calling ourselves underdogs when they're like, yeah, right. You guys have won all these, all these titles. And we're like, it's not so much. A, a fact as it is a mindset that we just continue to carry with us into training every day. And I think that is a very unique thing to find. And it's some people fit the mold and some people don't. And if you're not willing to put the work in, you, you just don't work out on the team. And so yeah. it's been Paul and the coaches scouting and recruiting all these players that have bought in completely to the culture and the mindset of the team. And like I said, again, on top of that, of course, we have some of the best players in the world with us now, but it's, yeah, you would never see Sam Mewis, for example, who's with the U S national team and has won a world cup. She's one of the hardest working players I've ever seen. 
at practice every day. So just because these, you know, people think we're the best doesn't mean we don't work hard. We absolutely work. I mm. feel like harder than anyone to stay there. And it's similar to the, to the, to the mindset, to the culture, to the ideology of Western Sydney, the Western Sydney Wanderers, because Western Sydney for, for, you know, for its history has been, you know, a, a battleground, you know, the socioeconomically working class. And it's a bit of a, it's a similar mentality. Yeah, absolutely. And I felt that right away. And that's something I kind of resonated with is when I spoke to the coaches and the GM and all of that before I even headed down there was, you know, this is, yeah, this is where we're at. You know, we've, we finished in these positions the past however many seasons, but like we want to build something better. And I, I was ecstatic to be a part of that. I thought it was a great opportunity to kind of bring my expertise, I guess, in that field. Like I've, I've, lived through it already. So it was kind of nice to be able to bring some insight um, into into a situation I was familiar with. So I think that it was a really cool opportunity for me. Yeah, it's really onward upward from here as well for the team. So where are you right now? Where, where, as we speak, where are you? I'm in North Carolina. <laughs> back in at our, we have a few weeks off here and then we're supposed to be back to training. So just taking some downtime. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we have a beach two hours from us, not as lucky as I was <laughs> down there, but um, made our way out to the beach a couple times, got some sun, just got some time to relax after, like I said, that uh, NWSL Challenge Cup was, we were kind of isolated in a little bubble in a hotel. So it was, it's been nice to kind of have a little bit of freedom. Kristen, it's been lovely to talk. We are the Wanderers of Western Sydney and, and, and you're our Wanderer today. And what, what a season. Congratulations on the season. You could almost get your golf clubs out. There's so many golf courses in North Carolina. Go and have a hit on one of those beautiful <laughs> golf courses. Thanks for everything you achieved for Western Sydney Wanderers uh, and look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. For more information on the club, visit wswanderersfc.com.au. We will be back soon with another story from one of our wanderers of Western Sydney.